Hi, and welcome to the Turbulent World with me, James M. Dorsey, as your host. For Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, religious reform has long been a question of when rather than if. Mr. bin Salman's potential embrace of religious, not just social and economic reform, could have far-reaching consequences for the role of religion in Saudi Arabia and religious soft power rivalry in the Muslim world. A recent Washington Institute of Near East Policy public opinion survey suggests that Saudi Arabia, long dominated by an ultra-conservative and supremacist strand of Islam, increasingly favors religious moderation and may be more open to religious reform. 43% of those surveyed agreed that Saudis should listen to those among us who are trying to interpret Islam in a more moderate, tolerant, and modern direction. When asked the same question four years ago, only 20% agreed. Since coming to office, Mr. bin Salman has pushed reforms that have significantly enhanced women's rights and opportunities, catered to youth aspirations for greater social freedom, and contributed to economic diversification. To do so, the Crown Prince has subjugated the kingdom's conservative religious establishment and shattered long-held taboos. He has also brutally repressed criticism and dissent. Yet for all his bold moves, Mr. bin Salman has stopped short of anchoring his reforms in religious law. Seemingly, the Crown Prince was concerned that religious reform could be one step too far. On occasion, Mr. bin Salman has insisted that describing his reforms as moderate would make terrorists and extremists happy because they would assert that we in Saudi Arabia and other Muslim countries are changing Islam into something new, which is not true. The Crown Prince has used a similar argument to justify a continued ban on non-Muslim houses of worship in the kingdom home to Mecca and Medina, Islam's two holiest cities. Saudi Arabia is the only Gulf state to forbid non-Muslim worship in public. Asked about the ban by Joel Rosenberg, an American-Israeli evangelical author and activist, Mr. Bin Salman said he would not lift it soon. The reason I'm not going to do it now, anytime soon, is because this would be a gift to Al-Qaeda. They would use this moment to blow up the churches. This would not make life better for the Saudi people, Mr. bin Salman said. Embracing religious reform would turbocharge Mr. bin Salman's claim to leadership of the Muslim world and position him as Islam's foremost reformer in competition with Nadatul Ulama, the world's largest, most moderate, Indonesia-based Muslim civil society movement. Unlike Mr. bin Salman and other proponents of a moderate Islam that is socially liberal but politically repressive, such as United Arab Emirates President Mohammed bin Zayed, Nadatul Ulama advocates a concept of a socially and politically pluralistic humanitarian Islam 
that unambiguously endorses the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights and the separation of mosque and state. The movement has also long campaigned for reform of Islamic jurisprudence, insisting that tenets of the Sharia were outdated and or obsolete. Putting its money where its mouth is, Nadatul Ulama hosted in 2019 a gathering of 20,000 religious scholars that declared the legal category of the kafir or the infidel obsolete and no longer operable under Islamic law. The scholars replaced the term with the word muwafinun, or citizens, to emphasize that Muslims and non-Muslims were equal before the law. This year, Nadatul Ulama called for replacing the concept of a caliphate in Islamic law with the notion of the nation-state and introducing the United Nations and its charter as an Islamic legal category. The reforms would delegitimize jihadist claims that their militancy and quest for a caliphate is grounded in Islamic law. They would also create a basis in Sharia for adherence to human rights as defined by the United Nations Charter. Nadatul Ulama's reform set a benchmark for Mr. bin Salman. The Crown Prince's potential embrace of religious reform would level the playing field for social change. However, in doing so, Mr. bin Salman's move would elevate governance, political pluralism, and human rights to core differentiators in the rivalry for religious soft power in the Muslim world. Even so, the Crown Prince would likely take heart from the fact that a whopping 78% of those surveyed by the Washington Institute said it's a good thing that we don't have mass street protests, a sharp increase from the 48% in 2020. Mr. Bin Salman has floated trial balloons several times. He backed away in 2020 when a Saudi news website quietly removed an article asserting that the Quran contained some 2,500 spelling, syntax, and grammar errors. So was months later an op-ed by Kurdish author Jarjis Gurizada on Ilaf, a London-based Saudi website operated by Uthman al-Omer, a reportedly agnostic businessman and journalist with close ties to Mr. Bin Salman. Widely quoted in Arab media, Mr. Gurizada's article called for rewriting Islamic texts, including the Quran, seen by Muslims as the immutable word of God. Last year, controversial cleric Salah al-Mahamsi, backed by Turki al-Nakhil, the Saudi ambassador to the UAE and former general manager of the state-controlled Al-Arabiya television network, called for the creation of a new school of Islamic legal thought that would replace Sunni Islam's four traditional schools. Believed to be close to King Salman, Mr. al-Mahamsi argued that existing legal schools, unlike the Quran, were human constructs that could be revised. The Council of Senior Scholars, Saudi Arabia's highest religious body, rejected Mr. al-Khamsi's proposal out of hand insisting that existing legal schools could respond to all requirements of modern life and align them with Islamic law.
The Afghan Taliban's ban on women's education and employment by foreign aid organizations prompted a third cluster of trial balloons at the end of last year. The Taliban government's decision suggests the crisis of thought, the extent of which jurisprudence needs to be revised and developed. All religious institutions must work to create contemporary jurisprudence that instills a spirit of tolerance, love of life, and standards of quality of life, said Okaz newspaper columnist and Jeddah-based lawyer Osama al-Yamani. The Islamic world is waiting for Saudi Arabia to lead it towards contemporary jurisprudence, Mr. Yal-Yamani added. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed today's column and podcast. The Turbulent World with James M. Dorsey depends on the support of its readers. For the past 12 years, I have maintained free distribution as a way of maximizing impact. I am determined to keep it that way. However, to avoid putting up a paywall, I need the support of a core of voluntary paid subscribers to cover the cost of producing the column and podcast. If you believe that the column and podcast add value to your understanding and that of the broader public, please consider becoming a paid subscriber. You can do so by clicking on Substack on the subscription button at www.jamesandorsey.substack.com and choosing one of the subscription options. Thank you. Take care and best wishes. Thank you.